Super Talk Mississippi Media Production. Toyota of Brookhaven has been voted best new car dealership in Southwest Mississippi four years in a row. Come see the difference. Exit 40 Brookhaven or online at toyotabrookhaven.com. Great service, great savings. At Toyota of Brookhaven, we deliver. Welcome in, everybody, to the Rebel Report. I'm Michael Borky. Always glad that you guys are with me. A bit of a mixed bag for you today. I've got a thought on a candidate that is not Chris Beard or Will Wade for the open, now open, Ole Miss head basketball coaching position. I've shared my thoughts about Chris Beard and Will Wade with you guys before. My thoughts really haven't changed much. Now, you know, there's reporting that Ole Miss is doing their due diligence on Chris Beard. That's what I would do if I were Keith Carter. I would certainly do my due diligence. I would also strongly consider, if if not, really go deep down the road on Will Wade as well. We've talked about that before on this here podcast. But there's another candidate that I think, after spending a few days thinking about it, I think, I think, I think, um, that this would be my 1A. If he wanted to get back into coaching, if he was wanting – uh, to to take on a job like Ole Miss, I'll share with you in a little bit who I think that guy should be if I were Keith Carter, who I would make my 1A, my candidate one, uh, coming up here in a little bit. Also, uh, my interview with Mike Bianco is, is also upcoming for you today. But first, let's talk about baseball last night. Look, it's a midweek game. It's a good team. Certainly not going to hurt you at all. Uh, one midweek loss, especially to this Louisiana Tech team, is not going to hurt you in any way, shape, or form when it comes to hosting or whatever. Uh, but a bit of a frustrating night for Ole Miss. They had 13 hits. Uh, what was it? 13 batters left on base uh, for Ole Miss last night. And they only scored five runs. Uh, they were really bad with runners in scoring position. And uh, and just lost the game. Um, it, it just kind of one of those things, right? There's really not too much I'm going to read into a game like this. Honestly, again, I think that the offense is too good um, to be concerned about one night where they didn't do well with runners in scoring position. I think they'll be fine. It's just one of those things. It's a that's baseball thing for sure. Uh, it's clear Bianco is still really trying to figure out pitching. I mean, I thought Quinn got a little bit unlucky last night. Uh, it was perfect through four and a third, was kind of cruising along, and then allowed four base runners, and all four of those base runners scored. A 100% score rate for the base runners he allowed. That's a guy that I think should and will have bigger roles um, on the weekends as well. Not starting. I don't think he's ready for that yet. But coming out of the pen, because there's so much up in the air, there's so much uncertainty, very little proven. So far, he has looked like, at times, a guy that can give you quality innings on the weekend. I'm curious to see what his usage rate is this weekend, as Mike Bianco kind of tries to figure out what he's got and what he doesn't have with all these young faces uh, on the mound. But yeah, rough night, frustrating night um, is what it is. And, I, you know, everybody says it is what it is. And then they also say they hate saying it is what it is. Uh, but, you know, one midweek loss by one run when you left 13 on base and and you pitched it okay but not great um, is really not going to – it's not going to kill you. It's not going to do anything. It's just – one of those things. We'll see if weather has an effect on today's game. It's supposed to be played at three. We'll see if it actually gets played at three. Mike would probably prefer this game not get played at three, considering their lack of pitching depth and the amount of games that they're going to play in a very short period of time here soon. But either way. So 
last night, again, offense is too good for that to be the norm, at least I think right now. No reason to panic or anything, uh, and I don't think anybody actually is panicking at all. If I'm being totally honest, I don't think a single person is panicking, nor should you. Um, smart fan base is uh, the old Miss fan base when it comes to baseball, at least the people that I've interacted with over the last day. Uh, we'll see if they can find uh, some valuable bullpen arms over the weekend, and a lot of young guys are going to get that experience and get the chances to prove themselves. We shall see. Before we go on to my basketball coaching search take, before we get to that, uh, I do want to remind you that you can follow me. I would like for you to follow me on Twitter, Facebook, and YouTube at Michael Borky, B-O-R-K-E-Y. Follow on Twitter, like on Facebook, subscribe on YouTube, and wherever you get this podcast, search Rebel Report on your favorite podcast app. If you like what you hear, leave a rating and a review. And this podcast is brought to you by Advantage Business Systems. ABSMS.com is the website if you're in the market for office technology. Uh, anything from copiers and printers and mail machines to cloud storage and data security, I phone systems, if it's tech, if it's in the office and you or your business are located in the state of Mississippi and you are in the market for office tech, Advantage Business Systems, the website is absms.com, has got you covered. If you tell them I sent you, they'll get a complimentary office technology assessment. So you tell them what you need, what your budget is, and they will find a solution for you on me. Again, that's absms.com. The podcast is also brought to you by Priority One Bank. 16 locations scattered across the state of Mississippi. They've got mobile banking, lets you manage multiple accounts, transfer funds, pay bills, and more. Uh, My old bank, before I switched to Priority One Bank myself, I'd have like three different apps uh, to transfer funds from one person to the next and uh, alerts and bill pay services. And it, it was all, it was a mess. It was everywhere. Priority One Bank is in one spot. You can do that all on one place. They've also got great personal loan, uh, a personal loan servicing department. I'm using them currently right now as well. So again, 16 locations across the state of Mississippi. Let Priority One Bank make you their priority today, just like they've made me their priority myself. Okay, so you've heard me talk about Chris Beard and Will Wade, but there's a, a third candidate that is seemingly gaining popularity among the Ole Miss fans that I have interacted with. I don't know if it's realistic or not. I have no idea if he wants to get back into coaching. Um, I have no idea what he thinks about the Ole Miss job. I don't know. But if I were Keith Carter, I would find out and I would make him my priority. Chris Mack. So here is, this is from the radio show yesterday. Short clip, very short clip from the, the radio show yesterday. Me explaining why Chris Mack would be my 1A if I were Keith Carter conducting this coaching search. With coaching searches is a lot of stuff. It appears that very little is coming out of Ole Miss because that's how you should conduct coaching searches. So people are having to draw their conclusions in other ways. I I reached out to a, a source in Louisville about Chris Mack and what he's like, and apparently Louisville he is or Louisville, Louisville. Which one? The Kentucky version. Okay, Kentucky one. Okay. Yeah. Asked him about Chris Mack. Um, Louisville fans would take him back in a heartbeat, as it turns out. They 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 uh, they done messed up when they let him go for protecting his school. That, that's the weirdest thing about Chris Mack's termination at Louisville. He had an assistant that he was trying to fire, threatened to ex- like blackmail him in the school if they fired him. And Chris Mack recorded that conversation, so Louisville fired him. 
He recorded an assistant coach threatening to expose the school. And he recorded that to let the powers that be know, hey, I'm going to fire this guy, and here's why. Listen to this recording. The school's like, okay, you're fired. Weird deal there at Louisville. Objectively, and very now they good are, basketball coach. And now they are probably the worst team in a Power 5 league in America. Yeah. Or one of the, the worst. Because it's net Louisville. I mean, former you know, multiple-time national champion. And now they are, on the season, do they have more than five wins? They had four, right, as of last week? That sounds right. Because they beat Clemson. Let me, let me, let me. They are currently four and 25 on the season. Yes, four and 25. Maybe you, you shouldn't have fired the guy that was trying to protect your institution from an assistant that was trying to blackmail everybody. I don't, that's just me. I don't know. Very weird deal, but I asked him about, you know, are you hearing anything? Do you have any connections? And apparently Chris Mack is a a pretty private guy that when it comes to stuff like this, uh, if he was tied to the Ole Miss job, that information wouldn't come from him either. I don't know if he is or isn't. I don't know if Keith Carter is going to go down that road. If I were Keith Carter, I would. I've kind of changed my mind a few times on this, which is how it usually goes. If I were in Keith Carter's shoes, I think Chris Mack would be candidate one for me. I think he would be my 1A. Winning at multiple different stops. Currently doesn't have a job, so I don't know what kind of contract he would command because he's he's doing TV right now. You can pay more than TV. They get regular tournament appearances at multiple stops, high-level recruiting at multiple stops, but they were better basketball jobs than the one you have. That's a downside was completely and totally cleared of any wrongdoing by the NCAA, so there's no issue there. And he got fired from Louisville because, again, he recorded an assistant coach trying to essentially blackmail them, if I understand the story correctly. So I think he's immediately hireable. I think he is scandal-free when it, when you compare him to Chris Beard and then Will Wade, despite their situations being dramatically different. No, re, no resolution yet on Will Wade, and Chris Beard is who is what that is. So no scandal. Tournament appearances, regular tournament appearances at multiple places. High-level recruiter. Scandal-free, 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 scandal-free. Yeah. Uh, he would be my 1A if I were Keith Carter. Uh, so I've, I've changed my mind like three times on that. Um, but yeah, he, he, I think that's, if I could get him, that's where I would go if I were Ole Miss. So there you go, my uh, my take on Chris Mack. If if he were to take the call and if he were interested, that would be my uh, my one A. So there you go. That was from the the radio show yesterday. A lot of conversation still centering around Chris Beard and Will Wade. Of course, um, we'll see if any other candidates emerge. It has been a very quiet from the Ole Miss side coaching search, which is how I assume Keith Carter wants to to continue to keep things. But uh, for however long this goes, we will continue, obviously. Uh, to talk about it and the possibilities there as well. I forgot to give this to you yesterday, so here it is today, my conversation with Mike Bianco from uh, from the radio show, recapping the Maryland series. I asked him about time alone, uh, TJ McCants pitching and handling that, bat flips and stuff like that. So here that conversation is now, and that will end the podcast. So when that ends, so will this show. Thank you so much for tuning in, and I'll talk to you guys again on Friday. 
Miss Head Baseball Coach Mike Bianco joins us right now. And Coach, uh, big series win, top 15 team coming to your place. Uh, Friday night doesn't go particularly well, but your guys battled back and uh, won with the long ball on Saturday and Sunday. Yeah, you know, one of those, uh, you know, weekends, uh, you know, mixed bag. Uh, you know, obviously, you know, you'll take the wins and, you know, against a, a really good opponent in, uh, in Maryland. Uh, but, uh, you know, Friday night, uh, you know, I, I thought uh, Jack, you know, Doherty filled in for Hunter, you know, uh, pretty well. You know, maybe not his, you know, his best outing for sure, but, uh, you know, uh, you know, Kept it close, but then you know the bullpen. We weren't you know um, we weren't good enough to keep it close enough, and obviously they extended the score. But the way our guys bounced back on Saturday and Sunday, I was proud of them. You know, and uh, Saturday we were behind most of the game, and and then uh, you know had uh, had two beginnings. You know, at the end, much like Sunday, where you know we just kept extending the lead and then really you know pulled away at the end. What did you learn about your team this weekend? You know, we're always learning, you know, these first four weeks and, you know, throughout the season. But uh, it was nice to see us, you know, handle some adversity. You know, one, you know, uh, losing on Friday, coming back and winning two games and having the toughness to do that. Uh, two, without, you know, two of your better players and Hunter Elliott, DJ McCants missed the first two games uh, because of a death in the family and was at a funeral. And so, you know, maybe a little undermanned, you know, uh, that, that we would hope that we would be when conference play starts and our guys handle it well. You know, on, on the, the other end, we, we still got to learn more. We got to, we got to be better on the mound. We get, we got to, you know, cut down the, the free ba- free passes, you know, to the other teams. Uh, but, you know, there were some bright spots. Even when we didn't pitch it well, it seemed like, uh, we, we didn't let it get out of hand. And, uh, you know, for the most part, especially in game two and game three, to, you know, to give ourselves a chance. Speaking of uh, your pitching plans, so you just got done with the three-game set. You get a day off, then you have two, and then you have a day off, and then you have three, and then you have a day off, and then you have one. So how are you going to manage uh, your your pitching staff uh, tomorrow and Wednesday, and are you making any changes at all for for any reason uh, on the weekend to help kind of balance the number of games you're playing in such a short amount of time? Well, uh, the, the quick answer to that is no. I think, you know, you know, where we are, not that it's, you know, set in stone. I mean, obviously it's always fluid, but, you know, right now I don't, I don't see a, a move, you know, to make with the, with the weekend rotation. Uh, you know, those guys, some of them haven't pitched great. Some of them have pitched better than probably their numbers have looked. Uh, but the truth of the matter is I think at this point, what they've done in the program to, to, to this point, six months into it, uh, through false scrimmages, uh, we, we need to continue to do that and continue to grow that. Uh, tomorrow we'll go with the JT Quinn again. Uh, but, you know, the next two days, the next 18 innings, you know, um, I, I think is, uh, you know, critical for us to kind of give some guys some more opportunities on the mound. I think you know, hopefully you'll see Mason Morris out of Tupelo that hasn't been able to pitch yet, uh, and maybe a couple other guys that maybe have only been out an inning or two uh, to kind of get their feet wet and, uh, you know, see what they can do. So we're not going to announce the Wednesday starter yet because a lot has to do with, to be honest with you, you know, what happens tomorrow night. Mike Bianco joining us on the Farm Bureau phone line. Coach, you, you mentioned T.J. McCants and uh, had to step away from your team for a couple of days to to go to a funeral, comes back, uh, hits a towering home run. Uh, before I ask you about the home run itself and, and, and what came after, uh, what what do you make of, of his 
performance on Sunday coming back from from yet another just tragic situation in his life uh, to to play like that again? Well, you know, it just breaks your heart. I mean, he's just a tremendous young man. And, um, you know, I think, you know, death is tough for all of us to deal with. But when you're such a young person and it happens to, you know, your mother and then your grandmother, uh, you know, in the midst of, you know, six, seven months, you know, it's a, it's a lot on his plate. And, uh, but, you know, he knows he's loved here, you know, in this program. And, uh, you know, he comes back and, you know, this is probably the, his happy place, right? And, uh, you know, I watched him do it last year where he had to step away for, for a week, uh, and go visit his mom when she was very ill and came back and hit a home run Friday night against Arkansas. And so, uh, you know, he, he's a kid that's, you know, super resilient, just super proud. And, and again, you know, the, these moments, you know, these are real. You know, I know, uh, uh, you know, we, we, we want, want to play baseball. We want to win a lot of games and we want to win championships. But, uh, you know, at the end of the day, it's a baseball game. And, uh, you know, there's other things that, you know, uh, these kids go through that, you know, I think sometimes we're not aware of. And so, uh, you know, your heart breaks for them. So he hits a, a towering home run, I mean, no doubter, right off the bat. Uh, stares at it for a little while, and, and a little a little jawing happens, and there's that's all it ended up being uh, after that was was just a little bit of jawing. But as a coach, how much of that uh, do you attribute to to Edge, and how much of that do you want to allow or rein in, or, or you know, did you have a talk with your team after that? How do you feel about that kind of stuff now in baseball with the bat flipping and, and things like that? Where do you fall? Um. Probably somewhere in the middle, you know, and and I made a mistake. I wrote it down and forgot. I meant to to talk about it Sunday in our pregame about uh, Anthony's you know bat flip on Saturday, which you know I thought was you know a little little much, you know, like if you're going to walk uh, halfway down the baseline, then just toss your bat to the dugout and you know you know you know let that be the end of it. That but that was probably the start of it because those are the things that you know the fans love and you know uh, but. You know, sometimes it can be a little much, and so I'm I'm all right with a you know a little bit of a flip, or I'm all right with a guy standing there a little bit. But you know, sometimes you know there's there's a lot of emotion, and, and what you would hate to happen from it is something negative, right? That you know, a kid gets in you know into a shoving match and a fight, and next thing you know, they they suspend you, and you end up getting five games, six games, seven games suspensions. Because in baseball, they're a lot longer. Uh, the reason is they want you they, they want it to impact you know a weekend or a week's you know worth of games and so because we play so many games you know a lot of times the suspensions are a lot worse as you notice like last year when um you know john gaddis threw at a you know a hitter for texas a&m got suspended five games and almost finished the year for you know he wasn't eligible to play until the championship game down in a regional so yeah i think you just got to be careful that's the thing i worry you know obviously you don't want to show up the other team i'm all for celebration i'm all for energy and emotion, but you want to try to rein it in to, 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 to a point where it's respectful, you know, and, and one of the things you got to be careful of is you can't sit there and celebrate it and say how cool it is, you know, from, from a player standpoint, from a coach's standpoint, and from a fan standpoint, when you do it, but when the opposing team does it, you know, you, you, you take offense to it, right? I mean, so, you know, at some point, I think it's probably best to be somewhere in the middle ground. And uh, you're right. I think probably on the Internet it was probably blown up a little more than it was. You know, the catcher had said something to him. He said something back to the catcher. And that was really the end of it. 
You have a fan favorite, at least I think you do, uh, your, your football player who happens to also play baseball, Time Alone. Uh, you gave him an at-bat on Sunday, and at the time, what was still a rubber match in a closely contested game, people have asked us uh, time after time after time what kind of role he will have on this team. Was, was that a sign for you that you think you've got some confidence in your defensive tackle to give you quality at-bats uh, against big-time opponents this season? Well, remember, he's not my defensive uh, tackle. He's, he's Lane's defensive tackle. He's my first baseman. Um, I, I think it's a sign it shows that you know he's worked really hard and he's he's grown in this game. But uh, you know, I think the role is still being developed. You know, we, we we don't really know. And that's again, I know it sounds like coaches speak, but we're still trying to figure out you know who are going to be the guys. You know, not you know not only start obviously the lineup you know, changes from weekend to weekend and game to game, but who are also going to be those guys that come off the bench and do certain things, pinch hit, pinch run, come in a defense replacement, and so on. And we're still trying to develop that, but there's no doubt that ties in the mix. And you know, he's he's worked himself into that. You know, last year I think it was just he had missed with COVID and football and everything else. He had missed so much baseball. Uh, that he fell behind, but he's worked hard. He's worked hard in the off season. He's worked hard in this early part of the season to, to give himself you know, some more bats and some more opportunities. So we're going to try to get get him in there as much as we can, so he can show what he can do. Coach, we got about a minute left, and we appreciate your time. Have you ever played or, or coached a game in a football stadium before? Yeah, we you know we were up in uh, Minneapolis and played in this exact tournament when it was in the Metrodome. I want to say probably oh six oh seven. Uh, when I was here, uh, and uh, but remember that you know that you know kind of went back and forth as a baseball football dome, and so it was really set up. Uh, we also uh, played there uh, in Minneapolis when I was an assistant at LSU uh, in '95, and then played in the Superdome several times, which probably will be closer to this, where it was really a football stadium that you play baseball where the dugouts are a little makeshift and all of that. But the thing is it's 90 foot bases it's 60 foot, six inch mound. Yeah. Maybe the dugouts aren't, you know, major league standard. Uh, but at the end of the day, you're playing inside. Thank God. Cause we're in Minnesota and uh, you know, it's going to be against some really good competition. Awesome. Thank you so much, coach. We'll talk to you next week. A super talk, Mississippi media production.